Praise the Lord for that song, guys. Good, good song choice. Uh, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and that I can't control. Jesus, help us, God. Lord, help us. If there's any pride in your heart, I'm probably going to find it this morning. Okay? <laughs> Radar. Okay? If there's any pride within us. Yeah, you know, as we were singing that song, I was thinking of Bonfire Night. You know Bonfire Night? They come and they knock your door and they say, have you got any rubbish? Have you got any? Because bon bonfires need what? Fuel. They need fuel. Have you got any rubbish? Have you got anything you don't need? Have you got any junk in your life? <laughs> because fires need fuel. And when we say set a fire down in our heart, set a fire down in our soul, that fire needs what? That fire needs fuel. It needs you. You know, it's easy to get on the altar, right? But it's difficult to stay on that altar. That is for sure. It's easier to live for Jesus than die. Sorry, it's easier to die for, for Jesus than live for Jesus. And I pray as, as we look at what we're going to look at this morning, uh, that we lay down whatever junk it is in our lives and put that on the fire that God might consume us in Jesus' name. Father, would you deal with the pride within our hearts? When we sing this song, set a fire down in our soul. We need to put fuel on that. And we pray you would show us the junk, the things in our lives that we don't need and we don't want. Would you drive it from us, purify us, grow us, lead us, perfect us in Jesus Christ. Lord, come and speak to us this morning. We need the prophetic word. We need the prophetic word. And I invite you, Lord, as my wife was praying long time in here this morning, that you would wash away all our sin yes, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and honor us by bringing us into your holy presence. We just want to be where you are, God. We want to be where you are. So come, Holy Spirit ignite a fire down in our soul that we can't contain that we can't control that burns us destroys us and recreates us out of the flames out of the fire can come great things and particularly this morning God I want to pray for the issue of pride Pride. Pride in the human race. Pride in me. God, forgive me of my pride. Forgive us for the foolishness that pride is. And we, in the name of Jesus, lay that down. We ask you to replace that pride with humility, with grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. Welcome once again. On the back of your notes, you will find a very famous poem. I remember when I first heard this 
years and years ago and I never forgot it. I thought it was fantastic. I don't know if you've heard it. It's called One Solitary Life. I will read it out to you. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in still another village where he worked as a carpenter, as a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book, never held an office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place he was born. He did none of the things one usually associates with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when public opinion turned against him. His friends deserted him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. When he was dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. And when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed tomb through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race, the leader of mankind's progress. And my mother used to quote this to me on a regular basis. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on earth as much as this one solitary life. Isn't that fantastic? Amen. Um, I want to base, the title of today's message is A Man of No Experience. A Man of No Experience. I, I as I've mentioned many times, I love a TV program called Dragon's Den. You know Dragon's Den? I love that. I love it most when the dragons get it wrong. When they make a mistake, it becomes like 10 times more interesting. And there was one guy went on there with a hairbrush and he had invented a special type of hairbrush. He called it Tangle Teaser. Did anybody see that? And it had the, the comb was crisscrossed like this, you see. And he made this presentation and he said, you know, I've got a fantastic invention. When, particularly women with long hair, when they're in the hairdressers and they wash their hair, the hairdresser can't get the brush through their hair. And I've invented this crisscross system and it's brilliant. They didn't think so. And I watched it just again yesterday out of curiosity. They destroyed him. Now these are the guys with the what? Experience. The experience. These are the guys with a multitude of businesses, not one. And if you add all the experience together, they're sitting going, uh-huh, what an idiot. You could see their faces. And Peter Jones was the first to speak. And he was saying, you're making me angry. You come in here, you haven't got a product. And you're wasting our time. This is ridiculous. Tangle what? And each of the dragons just dismissed that guy. It was, it was terrible. Listen to this. He sold his business in 2016. And this is the official statement. The terms of the business deal have not yet been disclosed, but it is linked to a deal of 200 million. 
Hello? <laughs> he sold Tangle Teaser for 200 million five years after the dragon said he didn't have a product. You know, you're wasting my time. So much for experience, huh? So much for experience. Gotta be careful who you listen to, especially if you feel inspired. There'll be an army of people who will try to talk you out, true or false, talk you out of the things that God put, put on your heart. Right? And there's reasons for that. Jesus, you know, yesterday and the day before, I have been seeing your faces. I'm not going to look at anybody. <laughs> I have been seeing your faces. And I'll be glad to finish this message so I can get you out of my mind. I have been seeing your faces over and over again in my mind about this word this morning. Some of you. And some of you who quizzically think, what is wrong with me? <laughs> what is wrong with me in my career? What is wrong with me in my relationships? What is wrong with me in my relationships? What's blocking me? Well, maybe it's not what you think. I want to talk about experience this morning. Before I do that, I want to read a disclaimer to you. <laughs> okay? I am not saying that experience is wrong. I'm not saying it's negative or it's to be avoided. I'm saying that where my experience either contradicts God's word or it stops me from acting on God's word, then I should not listen to experience. Amen? And I should simply obey God's word. It could be considered by some, because I'm referring to Jesus as a man of no experience. Some people would consider that an insult. Okay? Some people would find that offensive. But let me explain what I mean. Jesus didn't come like the Apostle Paul. He didn't come you know, educated in, in, in you know, religious ways. He didn't come as a teacher of the law as such. He didn't present himself in that way. He was born to two simple people. He could have been born into a high-ranking family, right? And, and, and had, you know, this is the son of ABC, but he was the son of Mary and Joseph. He came in a very simple fashion. And I think if we ignore that, we're very foolish. And we start to replicate models that we see on earth rather than who? Rather than Jesus Christ. Jesus needs to be the role model for me. That's for sure. I do believe that he, he was a man who did not lean on his own experience. One day they said to him, good teacher. What was his reply? Only God is good. Don't call me good. And I think it's my opinion. <laughs> if you went up to Jesus and said, Jesus, I've got a problem. What's your opinion? I don't have an opinion. I only do, I base nothing on my, I base nothing on my experience. I only do what I see my father doing. Let my father tell me, let my father guide me, right? Trust the Lord in all your ways. Lean not on your own experience. Lean not on your own experience. Because in there, like the dragons, you may find that sooner or later you're going to walk into a trap and your experience will end up limiting you. So my, my, my first point this morning to you, 
I think experience can be a very bad teacher. A very, very bad teacher. The Oxford English Dictionary puts experience under the realm of knowledge. It says that it's information, understanding and skills that you gain through education or experience. That's what knowledge is. But I believe experience, your experiences, can be a very bad teacher and you need to analyze that and think again. A bad teacher how? <laughs> well, a bad teacher in evangelism. I was teaching in the Bible College in Ireland on church planting. We did a little curriculum. There was church planting teams coming in and they were going all over the place. And they're in the classroom, you know, and I'm teaching a, on evangelism. And I taught them about how to go and evangelize and open churches in the south of Ireland. So, because I'm experienced, right? I'm the one in the room with the experience and I've got all the statistics up there. And door knocking on the list of statistics, I think it was either last or second last in terms of success. 1% or 2% of people got saved through door knocking. So I said to the team, see door knocking? Don't do this, okay? Concentrate on building relationships and this, that and the other. So one of the teams went away and prayed, you see? And they come back to me, thanks very much for the class and everything else. We don't agree with you, experienced teacher. <laughs> we don't agree with you. And we're actually going to specialize, maximize on the door knocking. Now I had a good relationship with six, six people in that team. I had a very good relationship with them. I said, no problem, that's fine. They had, you see, I was teaching a curriculum, right? They were seeking God, a little bit of a difference there. They went and sought God prophetically. I only do what I see the Father do. And they felt led to come back and say, teacher, we're not gonna go with your experience. We're going to special, uh, major on knocking doors. Today, that church has 600 members. It's the largest church in rural Ireland. And that church just planted a church of 300. Amen. Good job they didn't listen to me, isn't it? Hallelujah. Right? Because on that occasion, they were absolutely right. I am delighted to be proved wrong. Hello. I am delighted nobody will be more pleased than me not a problem no issue because I'm learning something experience may not be your best friend experience can be a bad teacher in healing who's got a healing ministry here some of you hiding that but it can be a bad experience can be a bad teacher when it comes to healing look I pray for this person to be healed they don't get healed I pray for this person to be healed they don't get healed I pray for the next, what's your experience teaching you? It doesn't work, right? I pray for this person to be saved. They didn't get saved. I pray for this person to be, they didn't get saved. What's your experience teaching you? It doesn't work. So you've got to be careful. Jesus is, is leading us here in a man who does not lean on his own doesn't lean on his own experience he's leaning on the word of his father if you like and therein lies our success it was one couple who were very successful in healing I remember this testimony years ago it's fantastic they were healing after healing after healing and a young individual in the congregation called to healing but no healing I'm not breaking through in my ministry. So they waited to talk to the couple and they said, please help me. I've got a ministry, but my ministry doesn't work. I know I'm called to do this, but it's not working. 
Would you help me, guide me? And that couple pulled out of their bag a book. And in the book, I think I can remember correctly, I've written it down on my notes here. I think it was something like 198 names of people who did not get healed. They said, come here, look at this. Page one, we prayed, they weren't healed. We prayed, they weren't healed. 198, I think it was, they got like 198 healed. And the couple's point was, all of that experience could have overridden the word of God. But we continue to believe the word above our experience. Amen. So when it comes to praying for your relatives, don't stop. And whatever ministry God has called you into, don't let your own experience talk you out of it or diminish your faith. Experience can kill us in relationships. Right? My fitness instructor, some of you know, Michael's a good guy. But from the first day I met him, hi Michael, <laughs> he, says, he says to me, you know, uh, my relationships are a disaster. <laughs> That's what he says. My relationships are a disaster. Then obviously he knows I'm a pastor and he wants to talk about it. I said, well, that's your problem. Listen to your speech. That statement is coming from your... That's where it's coming from. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You're a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right? That's what you have believed your experience. And until you break that identity, you're going to get stuck. Experience can be devastating in relationships. One of our leaders here was teaching in LIW a couple of weeks ago. It was fantastic about their relationships that they as an individual have moved on. They've changed. They're not the person they used to be. And they've got so much to give, bursting with life, bursting with the presence of God. But the relatives in their past are not able to enjoy that. Why? <laughs> because they're stuck in some ancient experience of this person's life. Experience can be very damaging for relationships and for receiving miracles. I was talking with Edgar and Rosanna about this example. Forgive me if you've heard this before, but it's an important example. It's very important. I got a miracle one day. <laughs> yeah, but to do it, God had to kill something in me about experience. Um, I got a commission from OAC, an uh, evangelistic organization. They said, we'll offer you a job. We want you to go into the Catholic schools in Wales. Go and visit the schools and do school assemblies. They had no connections, no contacts. Your problem. You go and do it for us, right? So I started the phone calls. You can imagine how that goes down. <laughs> Hello, Catholic school. I'm a Pentecostal, raving Pentecostal pastor, and I want to come to your school. And uh, no. So I, I just got, an, I just, you know, I decided to tell the truth from the beginning. I don't like deception with those things. I tell them exactly who I am. This is who I am. This is what I do. Uh, no, are you crazy? So school after school. But I believed in that commission. I believed God had called me to do something. I just couldn't do it. But like healing ministry, huh? I couldn't do it. I remember that so clearly. I was single. I was living on my own in an apartment. So I lay prostrate on the floor. And I said, God... 
I believe they've called me to do something and I, I don't know why I can't do it. Would you speak clear as a bell? Praise the Lord for prophecy. Ring the schools. Now I did reply to God, I've been ringing the schools for three weeks. <laughs> I've been ringing the schools for three weeks. What do you mean ring the schools? <laughs> but because you say so, because you say so, I got up, dried my eyes, pick up the phone, just choose any Catholic school. Hello, hello, I'm a Pentecostal pastor and I would have a job offer from open air campaigners to do school assemblies. I would like to come to your school. And hello, and the guy says, I know you, I know you. You know me, I know you. You don't know, yeah, I, I know you. You remember the famine in Africa? I don't know what you're talking about. Remember there was a famine. I, I, was, the, 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 I was in charge of that church at that time. You, you gave the biggest gift. You gave the biggest gift. I remember, I thought, oh yes, 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 yes. And you're not a Catholic. No, I'm not a Catholic, no problem. You help me. What, how can I help you? <laughs> Isn't God amazing? You do something in the past and he does not forget. And then those years later, that guy still, I remember you. What do you want? I said, well, I want to do school assemblies. Come and do my, he was a headmaster. Come and do my school. So he heard me in the school. And I just said, any chance you could phone? Yes, yes. For the next three years, I did school assemblies all over the country. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I could, I, I could stay on the floor. And say, my experience is telling me that nobody's going to say yes. But the word of the Lord is greater than my experience. And this thing is blocking some of you. It's blocking some of you. Experience is not God. You know Watchman Nee? Fantastic Christian author. Spent 21 years in prison. Brilliant books, Watchman Nee has dictated, actually he didn't, never wrote a book in his life, but they were all dictated. Um, fantastic books. He, he was a highly recognized, very powerful teacher in China. And there was great persecution. And every year the pagans had this rain god feast when the rains came down. And they would gather before the, the day of the rains, they would gather and they would give their thanks and praise to their rain god. And it had never failed to rain on this day because of the rain gods. So Watchman Nee brings this young believer along to teach him about how to evangelize to all these pagans. And the guy's up there saying, on Thursday it's going to rain because the rain god never fails. And Watchman Nee stands, aha, uh -huh. the young guy jumps up, excuse me, can I just say something? It's not going to rain this year because Jesus Christ is Lord. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah, Jesus is Lord and Jesus is more powerful than your rain God and this year there will be no rain and watchman me with all the experience goes oh my God what has he done what have you done get off <laughs> you shouldn't have done that and the boy, the boy says well you, well you believe in God don't you Mr. Experience you believe in God you believe in miracles you shouldn't have done that. Now look what's going to happen. It's going to rain. And then they're not going to believe in God. And it's all going to be because of you. 
So this young guy, well, I believe it's not going to rain. Monday, Tuesday, pray, 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 pray. God, don't embarrass us. God, don't embarrass us. Thursday comes. No rain. Hallelujah. No rain. And Watchman Nee, humble Watchman Nee, writes in his book. I can't remember which one. He's written about 20. He writes in his testimony about how wrong he was. How wrong he was to criticize or silence that young man. Amen? <laughs> Don't let people snuff out your faith. Don't let people silence your faith. Don't let your experience silence your faith. Pastor Roy Verghese, my closest friend probably in ministry for years. I remember I met Roy in 1997 in Singapore. And we were sitting in a room and he said something and it stayed with me all these years. It's a simple statement, but it just kind of, it kind of whacked me. He said this, we were in Bible college. He said, you know what? Some people know so much, they've learned so much that they can do nothing. They can do nothing anymore, right? They don't do anything. All they do is learn and learn and learn and do nothing. And it just smacked me. But how true is that? Experience stuffs them and then they stop actually doing anything. And in case you think this is just a, you know, a one-off with Watchman Nee, it is not. My wife's father is a sea captain. He has his own boat, actually. And we had the great, I love that day, he took us out on the sea. We went out in the, in the afternoon, we came back in the middle of the night. It was, it was a great experience. But her father knows two things really well. Water. <laughs> he knows about water. He knows everything you need to know about water and fish think of the Apostle Peter what's his experience Peter knows two things not a lot but he knows two things I know everything there is to know about water spent his life on the sea 30 years experience and everything there is to know about fish and what does Jesus do okay Peter <laughs> walk on the water huh Ah, now, let me tell you from my experience, Jesus, if I try and walk in the water, I'm going to sink. Okay, I'm challenging your experiences. Get out of the boat. Walk on the water. And Peter has to humiliate his experience. He has to walk in humility. Yeah, that's what's under his feet. His pride. He's walking on his pride. Hallelujah. Not finished yet. Fishing all night. Caught nothing. Evangelism doesn't work, right? Fishing all night. And caught nothing. Cast your net on the other side. Oh, look, you see, Jesus, this is my experience. You're the rabbi guy. I'm the fisherman. Let me just tell you something. It doesn't work. The fish are gone now. It's morning time. Cast your net on the other side. And when, what Jesus was doing, listen carefully, in order to bring Peter into ministry, some of you are called to ministry, you're just not making it, are you? <laughs> in order for Jesus to get Peter into ministry, what did he have to put beneath Peter's feet? His experience. 
his experience, had to humble himself. And today I pray that God overturn in your life the experiences that are blocking your miracle. May God overturn those. The gracious words of Jesus step out of the boat. The gracious words of Jesus cast your net on the other side. And through this you will learn that he is Lord. What's your opinion, Jesus? I haven't got one. I tell you what, if you want to upset a congregation, all you have to say is your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done it many, many times. Yeah, I've done it many times. And, and you just watch the body language. Say the statement. <clears throat> they start wriggling in their seat. <laughs> Don't speak to me. One, one guy said that. One guy came up to me and said, he was Scottish. Pastor Mike, can I talk to you? You have really offended me. I'm really offended. I said, what did I say? You said that my opinion didn't matter. My opinion didn't matter. Am I nothing? Yeah, um, you've got to make yourself as nothing. Taking on the like of a servant. Follow, follow the master here. Good teacher. Only God is good. What's your opinion? I haven't got one. I've got a Bible. I've got a Bible. And I only do what I see and hear my father doing. So yes, if there's anything in you that's offended, say praise the Lord. Because your opinion doesn't count. Don't wriggle, don't move, I'm watching. <laughs> it doesn't count. What matters is the word of God. That's the only thing. Lean not on your own. There you go. Lean not on your own opinion. Ray Belfield, God bless Ray. Ray was the leader of Assemblies of God here for 21 years. Now there's experience in UK, 600 churches. He was my overseer, personal mentor for several years. And one of my first meetings in senior management, senior leadership in the church, I remember I went into the meeting hall sitting around the guys there and Ray's there. And um, I had the audacity to put my hand up and say, actually, uh, Pastor Ray, in my opinion, I think, well, <laughs> well, did I get Dragon's Den experience or what? I, I remember Ray going, <coughs> I, I, I think everybody knew what was going to happen except me. And Ray looked at me and said, if I want your opinion, I will ask for it. You know, I thought, no, it was, it, it was shocking to me. I thought, what kind of place is it? So he's my, do you know what was offended in me? My pride, because I've got experience. I'm not nothing. But what he was doing, he was leading me like Jesus is leading Peter. Your experience is going to trap you. That's going to, you know, halt you, hinder you. But Father, I pray that we would not lean on that. May God overturn that in Jesus' name. And may you enter, you know, blessed relationships. Amen? Amen? Not based on your experiences and relationships. A fruitful ministry. Not based upon, I prayed, I prayed, and I didn't. Not based upon your experience. But just keep on knocking that door. The third truth is this. Truth, theology, and good practice cannot be established upon experience or tradition 
or culture. We do not establish truth or theology or practice upon your experiences, upon your culture, or any other thing. Only on Scripture. Scripture and Scripture alone. If you look back in history, in the beginning, they believed the Word. The early church were Word-based. They were Scripture-based. That is categoric. But as time went by, they began to depart. We had the emergence of the Roman Catholic Church, and they didn't just base on Scripture. Now they based it on Scripture, plus the Pope, right? Plus the tradition of the Church, the experience of the Church. All of these became authoritative. And that was a disaster, to be honest, in history. Then you also had the hyper-charismatics, not charismatics, but hyper-charismatics. And they base their theology upon what? Experience. Upon their experience and not upon the Word of God. That is not a safe place to be. Let me put it like this. The Lord told me is no substitute for Scripture says. The Lord, do you know, every rebellious person I've met, Evelyn, every rebellious person, do you know what they say? The Lord told me. The Lord told me. I have to do this. I have to do that. They say that to try and corner me. You see? They say that to try and snooker me, corner me, so that, I mean, it's like an ace card. The Lord said I am to do it. Careful now, Scripture says you shouldn't. So I know who wins this argument. Amen? Only Scripture. There was a thing called the Reformation which responded to the departure from truth and moved over to believe in experience, which the Catholic Church partly do in their tradition. It's called the Five Solas. And the, and the Reformers responded with these five points. Our doctrine is based upon Scripture alone. Amen? Not experience. We are saved through faith alone. Don't need to add anything to it. We're saved by grace alone. We're saved through Christ alone. And we're saved for the glory of God alone. Praise the Lord for that. Get that securely in your mind. Not a long message today, but it's an important message. <laughs> I'm going to repeat. Some of you are blocked on this issue and you don't know it. Do you think Peter knew that this was his problem before he stepped out of the boat? Don't think so. I don't think so. Some of you need to respond to the voice of God that has either come to you or it's going to come. And it's going to require you to step out and deny your experiences because you believe his word. Are you listening to me? He's a good God. Thank God for my mother. I was an academic disaster in school. I was a disaster. I never did any, I, I wasn't interested. They're talking about Pythagoras and I don't, who cares about Pythagoras? He's dead a thousand years or whatever. <laughs> who care about, sorry Stephen. I don't care about these things. Right? And they're talking about, I've got absolutely no interest in what they're on about. So I just failed everything. And my parents, what, what's wrong with it? I'm not endorsing that. I'm just telling you the truth. My, one of my elder brothers then went to become a priest, you see, in the Catholic Church. And I saw what he was doing. And I saw how complicated the studies were. They have to study enormous stuff to be a Catholic priest, you know. Enormous. I saw some of his work. I thought, goodness me, it's not for me. <laughs> then my other brother, John, went to become a Catholic brother. 
in the same place, the same order, the Redemptorist order in Ireland. So John, I saw John studying, you see. Then my sister went to become a nun. A pretty religious family, aren't we? My sister went to become a nun. And one day, I was probably about 14 or 15, I'm sitting at home and we have these guests and my mother's telling them about Martin's gone to become a priest and John's gone to become a brother. And you know, Patricia's in the, in the convent. And they're all looking over at me, you see. And one of the guests said, and you, son? What are you going to do? So children speak the truth, right? Children speak the truth. So I just spoke the truth. I'm still doing it now, right? I just spoke the truth. I'm not smart enough for that. Just straight up, you see, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. I had seen what Martin was doing. I couldn't, I, that's not for me. I fail everything. That's my experience. That's my experience. I spoke out of my experience. I'm not smart enough for that. Thank God for my mother. Thank you, Jesus. What good job you did. Jesus, she, she could be one sharp cookie. I tell you, not my father. My mother could cut you in half. Yeah, she could, she could cut you up fast. I turned to the people in the room. She didn't care about the people in the room. She cared about me. And I said, I'm not smart enough. Well, did I arouse her wrath? Yeah, she looked at me. Don't you dare say that. Don't you dare say that you are not smart enough to follow God. You need nothing. You need nothing to follow God. Nothing. No experience. You need no experience, Michael. She forgot about the guests. And now I know why my elder brother went to follow God. And my other brother. And my sister. And me. You need nothing. Nothing. What are you waiting on? Huh? You're still sitting there waiting on what? Waiting on what? God's waiting on you to base your faith on his word. Not on everything that's gone wrong. Not on every previous broken relationship. Not on every failed business in your past. Not on every prayer that you prayed that wasn't answered. He's waiting on you to base your faith on the word of God. Come on, guys. If you keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Come on. So my mother rebukes me. Don't you dare say that you need this or you're not smart enough to follow God. You can follow him. And that conversation continued in that room. But I did not continue in the conversation. No, she, 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 she shot me, man. She put a word in me. And I just went into the zone. I remember thinking to myself, you mean I could actually follow God? I thought you had to have this and do that. And I, on that day, this man changed, I tell you. Permanent change. How powerful is just one word. I love my mother. And I trust my mother. I trust my mother. I trust my mother more than my experience. I trust my mother more than my experience. And she's telling me, son, you're wrong. You're wrong. And I just grab that little thing and you keep it, you know. I'll keep that. Maybe one day I will actually follow God. Did you ever see those adverts in the paper? 
for this job and beneath it it says all training will be provided all the training will be provided the only thing we need from you is to say I'm up for this that's all you need don't need nothing else we're going to take a hold of your life and you're going to get a surprise and then another surprise everything you need that's our responsibility all God needs is your willingness sometimes experience is my worst enemy so I'm saying to you whatever God has called you to do do it do it step out of that boat my conclusion is very important I've got to word it correctly <laughs> be careful of your own experience making you question God's word either logos or rima also be careful of others who are more experienced than you telling you that won't work you can't do that they may be victims of their own experience just because they've got more experience than you be careful now won't you don't let them limit you remain submissive and remain teachable exercise your faith respectfully and with humility because you also may be wrong so there's a balance there what am I saying in conclusion see for me I respect my leaders okay I respect my leaders you can ask them be my guest I respect my leaders but I will not lean on their experience nor will I lean on my experience <laughs> that's the mistake there is the mistake I will trust the Word of God what's your opinion I don't really care what your opinion is I've got a Bible I only do what I see the Father do bonfire of vanities that's what we need in this room this morning pride what was that last song can you come back guys lay it all down that was it wasn't it can I have the worship team uh, I want to sing this song again but as we sing it I want you to think of the things the things you've had most experience in the things that you've been most successful in and I want you to lay them all down in Jesus name lay them all down humble yourself humble yourself and invite God's word again to burn like a fire that your faith will not be in other people's experience your experience but your faith will be firmly rested upon the word of God alone stand with me this morning in Jesus